You're listening to Just Women on Brooklyn's Radio. You can join in by emailing any comments or questions you may have to justwomen at brooklynsradio.co.uk or check us out on Facebook. Search for Just Women at Brooklyn's Radio. Just Women is just what you need. Hello and welcome to Just Women, the weekly talk show on Brooklyn's Radio. It's Just Women for the next hour talking to interesting, intriguing and inspiring women. Later on in the programme, I'll be chatting to Wendy Yates from Kolo Clothing and B. Smith from B. Smith Millinery. But first of all, I'd like to welcome to the studio Zoe Ross from the Claygate Clinic. Hello there, Zoe, and thanks for coming into the studio. Hello, Jackie. Nice to be here. And nice to meet you too, yes. So the Claygate Clinic, I was quite surprised it has been going since 1997. That's quite a, quite a long time. So when did you actually join it? Um, I joined about 14 years ago. Um, I had recently trained in massage, which is my sort of speciality there at the clinic. Um, and I was working full-time in marketing, but I wanted to see if I could actually make a, make a go of massage. So I joined the clinic. I was working there on Thursday evenings and Saturdays. Absolutely loved it. Decided to take the plunge and become self-employed and um, became partner 12 years ago. Wow, fantastic. And so you say you're in marketing. So that was an interesting career change, wasn't it? That you thought, I was in marketing, but I think I'm going to go and do massage. So what happened? What, why did you make that kind of switch? What's probably even more interesting is before marketing, I was actually working for the police. Ah, okay. So um, I started with a, a degree in criminology and went to work for a homicide team for the Met Police. Absolutely loved that, but found there was just no sort of natural career progression so found a marketing role. Now, I didn't enjoy the role so much, but it was a wonderful um, environment, some great women around me. And when I joined there, I just decided, I'm going to say it's a gut instinct, that I wanted to learn how to do reflexology, uh, which is a predominantly a, a treatment of the feet. Um, and actually, our local neighbours, Brooklyn's Adult College, I signed up with them, the, the adult side, to do a course at the weekends. And from the minute I stepped in there, I just loved it. I just knew that was something that I then wanted to pursue. And um, the rest is history, really. And what appealed to you about it? And what did you find so rewarding? I think it's the nurturing side. It is so satisfying having people come in um, either in pain or looking um, frazzled, stressed. And when they leave, they are literally a different person. Um, it's, it's very rewarding. So anyway, coming back to the present day, you're at the Claygate Clinic, which is, which is in Claygate, Surrey, as we know, a lovely little village. And uh, you've got a whole team of therapists there offering a whole assortment of different therapies. Would you like to tell us a few of them? Absolutely. So um, it ranges from osteopathy to reflexology. We have some wonderful acupuncturists. We have herbal medicine. We offer one-to-one -one Pilates, uh, varying massages from a very relaxing sort of aromatherapy style right up to clinical sports massage. We also have um, hypnotherapists. Um, zone therapists and craniosacral therapists as well. So I've got to stop you then. The last two I'm not very familiar with. Would you like to explain what they are? Were they the craniosacral? Yes, what was that? Uh, craniosacral is um, 
a lovely, gentle treatment. Uh, the idea, we, we all have cerebral spinal fluid, and that fluid has its own pulse, its own rhythm. Uh, and craniosacral therapists are able to tune into that with their hands. They can feel it. And as I say, it's, it's like uh, an osteopathic treatment, but there's absolutely no force involved. And that is why it's really, really popular with children mm-hmm. and specifically newborn babies. Um, in fact, a lot of doulas and midwives actually recommend it for newborn babies. Right, right. Okay. And also I noticed on your website you've got kinesiology. What what is that exactly? Kinesiology is muscle testing. There is a science behind it. It's quite a unique treatment and I would definitely recommend that people come in and and give it a go. Um, Whereby placing objects uh, next to you and testing your muscles to see if you're showing an intolerance to that thing again if you've gone down the normal route of maybe allergy testing with blood tests and they're coming back as as negative uh, it's a really nice treatment to come in to come in and try and can that be used for food allergies and intolerances absolutely yes Um, we have a lot of people coming in maybe with suspected wheat or dairy intolerance but nothing's been confirmed they come to see a kinesiologist uh, and and some people have had really quite outstanding results from that again great for children because it's non-invasive fantastic and also reiki now what is reiki exactly um reiki is uh it can be hands-off but it's usually a, a very gentle hands-on treatment um, working with people's own energy we all have an energy field around us Um, again very very nice for people who maybe don't want pressure or they're feeling a little bit vulnerable you can remain fully clothed it's it's comforting it's soothing um, and it's just working with the body's energy and and natural rhythms and what sort of problems is it used for Um, absolutely anything to be honest um but i would say normally people maybe sleeplessness you know insomnia um some aches and pains as well maybe those that suffer with arthritis fibromyalgia that type of thing right right and what do you think are the most common problems that people come to see you with absolutely without doubt in the clinic it's pain and whether that's acute pain or chronic pain so acute pain being uh, pain that you've had for maybe the last 24 to 48 hours it's usually quite a sharp pain Um, chronic pain is something longer than that period and really our sort of bread and butter is people sort of presenting with shoulder pain neck pain migraines backache back problems and so if they come in and see you, do they, you have a discussion with them and then you perhaps refer them to which therapy they should go for? Or because obviously some people aren't aware of some of these. So a- Absolutely. Um, so you often find our receptionists are well-trained. So if somebody was, were to call with a query, they can normally lead someone to the right therapist. What's fantastic about the clinic is because it's multidisciplinary, there's normally nine times out of ten somebody there that can help you everybody offers a free consultation so you can come in have a chat about the issues that you have and then that therapist can say i'm the right person 
or I'm not. Right. And I suppose you don't really know how many sessions they will need. It depends on the individual and the problem, I guess. Spot on. Uh, Everybody is so unique. And to be honest with you, Jackie, a lot of people, even when they feel better, they like to come in for what we call maintenance treatments. And that's what we would recommend because we all have stresses in our lives uh, and whether that's people playing uh, competitive sport or whether they're sitting hunched over computers all day uh, those things are not going anywhere so people like to come in for fairly regular treatments just to keep on top of pain right right and are there any new therapies that you're going to be introducing um Actually, yes, there are. Um, I have recently trained in a a very unique uh, reflexology course specifically for menopause, which I know is everywhere currently in the press and, and rightly so because it's not going anywhere, that's for sure. And this course uh, is actually, I believe, the only course of its kind um, and it incorporates reflexology of the face hands and feet and that is unusual isn't it absolutely so you can imagine um if it's if it's completed in its sort of entirety it's about a 90 minute treatment so quite indulgent but also just beautifully uh, nurturing and relaxing for the person on the receiving end but what's nice if people don't have 90 minutes or you know budget dependent um, what we can do is we can tailor that treatment so they could come in almost for like a power session they could have half an hour where we just worked on the feet and they would still benefit hugely from that and which symptoms do, does this treat or does it teach all of them this the, you know the sleepless nights the, the the night sweats all of that the idea is that it treats everything it's oh, right. such a complete uh, complete treatment gosh so, so reflexology by itself is wonderful the idea is that it treats all of the body systems through points in the feet mm-hmm. um like i say brilliant for sort of rebalancing the body systems so imagine that but then incorporating hands and face too so any symptom that a woman presents with the menopause this is about rebalancing their system bringing about like a sense of equilibrium i think and calm and calm Mm. definitely and presumably it could also be used for the perimenopause peri and postmenopause yes. absolutely yes um all of those symptoms can you know as i say it's not going anywhere you're not trying to cure this um but what you're doing is you're saying this is a fact of life but we can make your symptoms better really they're not going to disappear um but we can help you well, that sounds amazing, and I'm sure it would be very popular. Yeah. And when does it actually when it would actually be introduced in the clinic? In the summer, I would. We're hoping for August, if not August, definitely September. Sounds very good. Yes, yes. So, uh, what do you find are the most popular therapies at, at the at the clinic? Absolutely, uh, massage, osteopathy. Um, and I would say probably our facials as well. We have uh, a wonderful facialist there doing a zone facelift, which again is completely non-invasive and it's all about sculpting and using the hands to help drain lymph from the face 
and it's just a lovely holistic treatment. You definitely float off somewhere if you're having that. Uh, osteopathy, I think, because people people know that osteopaths have a lot of training. They are highly skilled professionals, um, and we even get referrals from doctors to see you know for people to come in and see osteopaths and massage therapists in fact we had a lady walk down from the local doctors the other day um and the doctor had sent her along to us and said your shoulders are so tight you need to go in there and have a massage well things have changed then haven't they absolutely for the better (laughs) indeed absolutely so what is the difference between osteopathy then and physiotherapy they're obviously two different things are they they are and um obviously we don't offer the the physio side so the the physio tends and this is a little bit generalized but the physio tends to um work from a more sort of exercise rehab point of view um and they often although they will treat they will also send people away with a whole host of exercises um from an osteopath's point of view the treatments normally are a little bit longer and they sort of encapsulate the entire body so they will work on soft tissue first very similar to a physio but if any adjustments need to be made you know maybe people refer to it as clicking or cracking any manipulations that's what osteopaths will do and many will send you off with um, some homework as well yes of course and presumably osteopathy is then for people with bad backs bad shoulders necks yes that sort of thing. absolutely you could really come in for pretty much anything um whether it's muscular strains whether it's soft tissue stuff or more as i say structural stuff um we were doing some some research actually on our website trying to find out what people were searching for in the local area and it was really interesting some of the words that were coming up the key words and some of them were very medical not kind of layperson terms like lordosis or kyphosis and we'd never thought that they would be and what are they, Zoe? So they're changes in the spine. It's the way that the spine is is shaped. Right. Um, so, so lordosis tends to be something pronounced in the lumbar region where maybe the tummy sticks out. You'll have seen this in, in mm. people's mm-hmm. spines. And kyphosis is the other way. So you tend to see sort of a rounding around the thoracic or the middle part mm. of the back. Um, totally, you know, there is no normal spine. A lot of us have slight curves and things. But interesting that people are now searching that or maybe being told by a doctor that's what they think they've got. So they'll come along to us and have treatments for that. Because it sounds as though people are a lot more aware now. I think so. I mean, wrongly or rightly, I think, because they're able to to search things. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier insomnia and sleeplessness, because that is a real problem. So what therapies are good for that? Um, Pretty much, well, most of them, to be honest. But I would definitely recommend that people come in to try craniosacral therapy. Um, that's the one I described mm-hmm. about the very, very gentle. It's, it's um, again, very, very nurturing. I would, I would definitely recommend that. Um, and a nice, relaxing massage. Most people say they're just going to go home and fall asleep. That's why they like the afternoon or evening appointments. So they go first, do they? They go first. <laughs> they're always popular. Weekends and late afternoon and evening appointments. So it sounds as though the opening hours are quite long then. Yes. If you do evenings as well. Yeah, we can be flexible. 
we definitely can be flexible. Um, reception sort of nine to five, but our therapists are happy to work outside of those hours. Oh, that's very good, isn't it? And so what about digestive problems? What sort of therapies are recommended for that? Um, I would say uh, reflexology and acupuncture very, very effective for digestive complaints. And also, if someone's got a concern, if they've been to their doctor, and as I say, they're not quite sure, maybe they're reacting or bloating to something, um, perhaps come in and try the, the kinesiology as well. Yes, find out what they're allergic to. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming and telling us all about that. Would you like to give us your website details, please, so people can get more information? Um, it's Claygate Clinic, so that's www.claygateclinic.co.uk. Thank you very much, Zoe. Thank you, Jackie. In the second part of our programme today, I'll be talking to Wendy Yates from Kololo Clothing. You're listening to Just Women on Brooklyn's Radio. I'm so glad you're open. Thank goodness you're here. Do you ever close? Did you know the pharmacy at 20 Church Street, Weybridge is open from 8am to 9pm Monday to Saturday and 10am to 4pm on Sundays to meet your immediate medical needs? Our friendly and knowledgeable team can provide you with the advice you need as well as helping you with repeat prescriptions, all over-the-counter products you would expect and if you can't get in to visit us, we will deliver to you. The Pharmacy, 20 Church Street, Weybridge. We're here when you need us. Are you looking for a business in your area? Look no further than the CC Business Directory. From architects to accountants, plumbers to pest control, our CC Business Directory can help you find your local business, all whilst helping local charities. Want to find a business or have your business listed? Visit cctrades.co.uk or call us on 07850 921 977. Alternatively, visit the Camberley Chat Facebook group. And the CC Directory Business of the Month is GB Smart Spray. Thinking of replacing your windows, kitchen cabinets, doors? Why not save money by having them professionally sprayed instead? GB Smart Spray have done exactly this for many customers across the region, and they can help you too. Save yourself money by calling them today on 07786 004831. GB Smart Spray, the right choice. The sound of happy and healthy honeybees at Busy Bees Honey Suppliers. It's a family business run by Edward and Stella with hives in Staines and Maidenhead. Their honey is 100% pure and raw as nature intended. No chemicals or antibiotics are used and the honey is extracted on the premises. And of course, as well as tasting delicious, honey has many health benefits. It is antiseptic, antibacterial, good for your blood and helps with digestion. Contact Stella on BusyBeesHoneySuppliers.com to buy online and look out for them at farmers markets and shops near you. Busy Bees Honey Suppliers. Loving bees, loving honey. This is Just Women every Tuesday at one o'clock on Brooklyn's Radio. Welcome back to Just Women with me, Jackie Mitchell. I'd like to welcome to the studio Wendy Yates from Kololo Clothing. Hello there, Wendy, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hello, Jackie, and thank you for having me here. Well, it's great to see you. So, uh, can we find out a bit about your background? Because have you always been in the fashion business? No, not at all, not at all. Believe it or not, um, once I left college, I uh, joined the airlines and uh, worked for British Airways um, as a stewardess for many, many years, travelling the world. But I always loved the fashion, and I used to 
buy all the silks in Bombay and design stuff and have them made um, back in England. So it's always been something that I've had or I've enjoyed doing. Um, But I was born and brought up out in East Africa. Oh, really? And um, my mother was my um, icon, really. She had beautiful clothes, always looked lovely. So always always said that you when you go out you must always look your best because you'll never know who you're going to meet but of course that was a different generation so that's always been at the back of my mind um so how long were you flying uh 10 years um with British Airways on uh, jumbo jets in those days and on long haul so traveled all around the world how wonderful so, so was, what happened what why did you give that up um I got married ah, okay <laughs> and in those days it was very difficult to get married and they didn't have part-time contracts short-term flights I had to be on a waiting list to get on a short haul flight and um, I got married and had children and it just wasn't um it was just wasn't feasible sure and then I became a full-time mum really and uh brought the children up and a about three or four years ago the last one left I had three children and I was absolutely bereft I'd always been at home had a dog as well and he left me and I didn't know what to do so um, it was a really tough call and the children kept saying mum you know you love fashion you're always buying stuff and designing and putting things together why don't you go into it and Mm -hmm. I was like I don't know anything about it how would I know what to do and they said go on please try and a friend of mine was working um, at the medicine garden um, down in Cobham and I was given an opportunity there to to start my own business basically so that's that's how it happened and how my business was born really and what about the name of the business? Because it's fairly unusual. It's very unusual. And the reason I've got an unusual name, it's a bit of a talking point, really, because I was born and brought up in Uganda, Kampala, got chucked out by Idi Amin, and my father was um, in the British forces. Um, and we lived on Kololo Hill. Ah. And so when I was deciding what name to have my children who are in marketing, etc., they said, you have to have something that means something, mum. And we went round some names. And Kololo also in Swahili means colourful. So Kololo was born and Kololo is my name. But ah. obviously lots of people get it wrong, don't, can't spell it right. But they'll always ask about it because it's an interesting name and um, it's... It's part of my history, really. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So how did you go about then setting up this fashion brand? Where did you get the clothes? It was extremely um, nerve-wracking. I got a list of shows to go to up in London. And um, in Olympia, for instance, they have fashion shows three times a year. And I would arrive and they would be about 8,000 different stalls. Wow. And I would just <laughs> literally walk up and down and things would just take my eye. And um, I, I would then form a wardrobe from different suppliers. I've never had one supplier. I've always had different suppliers. Um, and as the years go on, I've become braver and sort of gone to Paris and gone, got a few from there and got some other bits and pieces from Italy. And, and, and that's how it's 
built really and have you gone back to india and got pieces from there i'm not yet it is on my list to do it is on my list to do sadly covid all those sort of things happened so i'm just doing little steps but yes i i would love to start to actually travel further and choose the pieces myself rather than going to shows where other people have chosen them and then i put them together so to speak so how would you describe your collection because what you're wearing today is beautiful absolutely lovely thank you and i did see you some of your clothes at Claygate Flower Show. Yes. Uh, but so how would you describe the collection? Um, I would describe my collection, it, it, you, everyone would always find something there. I try and get things that would, would, would suit all ages um, and styles, really. Um, I have a, a, a very easy style to wear. I don't do high fashion where it's all the latest fashion. I do a lot of staple things so that you can add to um, linen trousers, joggers, lovely white shirts and then in the summertime I try and add some really nice colourful dresses that that would suit all sizes too rather than completely what you know one following the fashion to, to a certain degree so it's it, it someone will always find something I think are you aiming at any particular age group or? well I, I when I started I, I I thought oh I would aim for the older generation really sort of my age middle age but it seems that what I choose suits all ages and and I do have a saying that age shouldn't define what you wear it's how you wear it really so I do have quite a lot of of my daughter's uh, friends who buy from me and at the same time you can see mums and you know um, women my age wearing my dresses but it's footwear accessories what you put it put with it that um makes a difference really I and think. you do provide the accessories as well yes i have some lovely uh, costume jewelry mainly and um, very colorful um but easy to wear very light and hypoallergenic and i have lots of lovely colors so i do those um i do pajamas as well um and dressing gowns and uh yes handbags various other little bits of accessories except scarves and things that will, will go with your clothes lovely lovely and so here we are in midsummer. so obviously everyone's going to be thinking about their winter wardrobe soon so what sort of things is um your is your company going to be offer, offering well i'll be looking at again very easy to wear jumpers i find that wool and cashmere there's so many people that are allergic to it although it's lovely um i do have some cashmere jumpers but i generally get very um straightforward colors to start with and then i bring in more colors as christmas starts so i do get a lot of neutrals lovely beiges and fawn colors to start with to to sort of start the autumnal and then obviously i go brighter depending on what's in for, for for christmas last year it was very much green turquoise was very in so that sort of starts to bring in in in, in november time and, and what do you see as being the colors of this this autumn winter well the, this autumn winter it, it seems sort of orange is a very popular mm. color this year and the sort of emerald green seem to be coming in and and purples but then saying all of that there's also a lot of pastels going around and I love pastels so there's also the the pastel palette that's um, around too so I try and bring the both together so some people love pastels some people love bold colors so there'll always be something for someone Mm -hmm. and um, I do try and choose things that are a tall slim person could wear as well as a smaller larger person I, I, I do try to 
make the style very simple so that most people could could wear it yes and what sort of sizing do you go to then so i do have a, a, a i don't do sort of from size zero to size 20 it's very difficult to do that in of a course. small business because yes. you have to buy so many items of each so i tend to do either a small medium extra small small medium large extra large or a one size but if it is one size for instance the the dress i'm wearing now is one size but it always will have some sort of elasticated back or a Front, so a person from sort of a size eight to a twelve fourteen could comfortably wear that item, and i do I will mark it on the label that you know this is for a small medium or this is for a medium large, so I do try the items on and you know have friends coming in and seeing what they look like, and I do tend to sort of wash stuff as well, especially the jumpers in the winter, so I have a very good supplier now because i've sold so many jumpers and I, I have they say oh you should always hand wash them but they all go in a washing machine on a cold wash and they come out beautiful oh that's really so good I've to try, know. I've tried yes. them I've tried yes. them so I do try and test stuff myself yes know. and what sort of prices do you charge very high street um to high street prices really um you know dresses jumpers joggers i i they're not the sort of 80 90 pounds they're realistic they're sort of 40 45 pounds um my linen will go up to 50 pounds but you know my jumpers are again about 40 pounds so all very much high street prices the same as any of the big stores that you'd go to all right, that's good. And then how can people buy the clothing? Because I saw that you've done a few uh, events at various uh, local places, pubs, and the Dabbling Duck, I think you did that's one. That's right, out down so, in Shears. So yes. that's how I, I started, because obviously COVID hit, so I had to go into a, to pop-ups. So pop-ups for me were born. My daughter got me, um, built my website for me, my middle daughter Lucy. So that started off the website side, and I was always looking at a shop, but obviously rentals are so expensive. Anyway, last year I got um, a friend of mine invited me to come and have a look at a place in Leatherhead. And um, it's called the Stockroom. And it's a big pop-up shop, basically. There are 10 of us. And we're all in this one shop. So it's a bit like going into a department store. So we have some makers and some retailers. But we all run it together as a collaboration. And two of us work one day a week. So the shop's open on Tuesday to Saturday from 9.30 to 5.00. Um, but each one of us will sell each other's goods. So the shop is open, so you can come in even on the day that I'm not there and buy one of my dresses. So that's been working really, really well. It's also been helped by the council, so they've helped to get uh, the, the rent low. And a lady, that the second part of the shop is um, a lady who does all the artwork, paintings photography and so she's running the whole shop for us and in charge really um but we have one part which is a shop with retail and another part that's arts and crafts and they do workshops in there it sounds amazing so it's open now is it it's open now it was open last march um and we're going just for a year it was a trial um but it was has been so successful because in Leatherhead, there are really not many <laughs> shops left. Yes, um, <laughs> to put and, it politely, yes. And this was uh, really, we've had so many people come in saying, you know, you can't close, you can't close. Yes. So um, lovely, a lady called Rachel Groom, um, who runs the art department, she's taken it all over. And so we've been in there painting, making it look more like a shop, putting our logos up, our, 
our own branding. So I'll have Cololo above my section. Fantastic. Um, and, and, and whereabouts in the Leatherhead? It's in the Swan Centre. So oh. it's actually in the Swan Centre. It's actually the old Next store, believe it oh, or yes, not. yes, I know that. Yeah. So yeah. there's changing rooms that were already there for Fantastic. me, which is wonderful. Um, and it makes such a difference. So when I go to these pop-ups, if people you know, want to find something or, and they can't see it there, sometimes I'll have stock at the shop as well. And if they're local, I can send them to go to the shop or obviously my website. So it's been a life-changing thing for me to actually have a shop as well, as well as having a website. But I still love all the pop-ups. And, um, you know, that's what I love doing, meeting people. And my big thing really is when people come in, a lot of women after children, they, they, they just wear joggers and tops as you do from covid um and it's so lovely to find a nice dress for someone and someone feels so good and i get so many ladies come back going i wore your dress to the flower show and i got some compliments from it and and that really makes my day that's what i love about what i do but most. there's only you in the business so there's only me in my how business do you manage it then the shop and then you know the i do one day so on. i do one day a week in in, oh, in the I week see. only yes. in the shop but i still have to buy staff i still have to source the supplies i have to make sure i've got getting stuff now for winter go to trade shows my website is suffering slightly now so i'm having to employ someone to help me because i can't put it on the website quick enough well that was my next question can people buy online yes they can i mean it was up and running really well but unfortunately the last couple of months because i've literally thrown my heart and soul into the shop and doing other pop-ups the website has sort of almost gone a bit stagnant but i've employed someone now so in the next two weeks i will hopefully have everything on the website and and be back to sort of full up and running again okay and coming up with uh, coming up for september october are there any events coming up that you're going to be selling at that we should um, know about well i'm hoping to get back down to shear uh-huh. again i used to do one a month in shear at the old forge there but sadly that's been taken over by someone else but the dabbling duck pub there uh, the coffee, coffee shop, shop yeah, sorry yeah. they let me in um, and use the yurt at the back and uh, so I have my stuff there so I'm hoping to get back there in in September to do a, a weekend because I have lots of clients down that way that love to come and visit me there um, I will probably I'll be doing a lot of Christmas um, pop-ups at schools during the November December um, months um, but we are hoping to do a fashion show at the stock room oh, so that will be out on social media as soon as we've got a date in the diary oh, for sort of October we'll yes. be inviting everyone to the shop and I'm hoping to host a fashion show there oh well do let um, us know we'll yes. put it on our Facebook page yes that would be yeah. lovely yeah. yes yeah. definitely definitely so do you have any advice for anyone listening to this and think well you know I'd really like to start up something like this do you have any advice on how people should set up their own business just go and do it it's it's a terrifying experience um, you don't have to have loads of experience you just have to believe in yourself I never believed I've had no experience no marketing no shopping just my own personal going out and buying things and designing things myself so all I would say is if you if you believe in yourself and you and and you're good at or you think you're good at what you do just go and have a go and you'll soon find out people will soon tell you if it's the right thing or not as my first 
you know, wardrobe that I presented to friends, believe it or not, the dresses all sold out and cardigans and scarves all sold out literally over a few days. And I was, I couldn't believe it because I was so nervous about, gosh, what have I done? Colours, I don't know colours, sizes, but I just took a chance and and it worked and it's just been fantastic well it sounds as though you're having a great lot of fun with it which is great i'm i'm enjoying every moment of it at the moment i you know i don't have any expectations to be you know the 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 next big next big designer but i'm i'm enjoying what i do and i get a lot of pleasure from meeting clients and and you know them enjoying what i have too and you also must have to work ahead a great deal so i guess you're looking ahead now for autumn winter and then come october you've got to start looking at spring summer absolutely already um in 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 about two weeks time i'm going to shows to buy my winter collection which which is very difficult when it's as hot as it is and you're you're buying (laughs) sort of joggers and and winter woolies so yes yes it is I I couldn't get my head around that at first but um yes slowly realizing that that's what I have I have to do yes well Wendy thank you so much for coming in and telling us all about that would you like to give us your website details so people can get more information yes certainly it's www.cololoclothing which is k-o- L-O-L-O clothing.co.uk but I also have an Instagram page as well which is at Kalolo Clothing so please follow me it'll tell you where I'm going to next be my pop-ups it'll tell you a bit about the shop as well um, and we'll have the dates of the fashion show as well in October brilliant thank you very much thank you Jackie thank Thank you. you in the third part of our Just Women program we'll be talking to B Smith from B Smith Millinery You're listening to Just Women on Brooklyn's Radio. Whether your goal is to run a marathon or walk to the shops, West Chiropractic can enable you to get back to living an independent, mobile and pain-free life. Our team of multi-skilled professionals offer a full range of chiropractic services addressing back pain, slip discs, headaches and migraines and much more. And for a limited time, we'll send you a completely free copy of The Secret Cure to Back Pain a book that's helped over 10,000 people with chronic back and neck pain. Visit westchiropractic.co.uk forward slash book. That's westchiropractic.co.uk forward slash book. West Chiropractic, we've got your back. Do you want to learn how to dance a range of different styles? Eager to strengthen and tone those muscles a little more through exercise? Then come and join LCA Fitness and Dance. All classes are held at the Cornerstone Centre in West Byfleet. Morning classes include ballet, musical theatre, gentle exercise and body conditioning. Friday evenings are Latin and Borum nights. Inquiries are welcome for private dance lessons, a great way to work on your technique. We also choreograph wedding dances to make your perfect day even more special. Call Leslie on 07860-610040 for further details. Fitness, fun and friendship at LCA Fitness and Dance. This is Just Women, every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on Brooklyn's Radio. Welcome back to Just Women with me, Jackie Mitchell. I'd like to welcome to the show B. Smith from B. Smith Millinery. Hello there, B, and thanks for joining us. And welcome to the studio. Thank you. Welcome. 
It's nice to be here. And you've brought some most amazing hats here. <laughs> I have to say, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. They're so beautiful. They really are. Thank you. But uh, before we get on to the hats, so it would be really quite interesting to find out a bit about your background. So how did you get into this world of hats? So I did a fashion degree at university and I graduated in 2007, just as the recession hit. So that was fun. Um, I think my mother was a bit terrified of me doing an arts degree and then coming out into a recession. Um, I worked in the industry for a couple of years and I got my first real job on Savile Row, which was amazing. I was a pattern cutter on Savile Row for Hardy Amy's, who used to make the dresses for the Queen. And I went on holiday and I came back and they had gone bankrupt. And that was that. I was a very new fashion graduate with no real experience that anyone would give me a job for. So I went back to college and I learned how to make hats because I love them. I was already sort of dabbling with it anyway. I had a little stall at Spitalfields Market in East London and it was something I could do on my own. I didn't need any like funding and just found a studio locally, went back to college and that was that. Been doing it ever since. But was it very difficult to learn how to make a hat? Um it's sort of there's a crossover skills so obviously I could already pattern cut so I can make you a dress um and millinery is just an extension of that so you have to learn the the core skills and I still feel like I'm learning now I feel like I learn every day but it's been 13 years so gosh that's a long time I've got the hang of it I think (laughs) yes yes and so what would you say is the most difficult aspect of creating a hat for someone it's creating what they have in their head more than... Some people know exactly what they want. Some people are happy to be led. But it's the creating something that they feel fabulous in because that's the main part of it. If you wear the wrong hat, something that doesn't suit you or whatever, it's like the hat's wearing you and you actually stand differently. If you're wearing a, a badly fitting hat or it's too big or too small it actually changes your posture. Whereas if you're wearing the right hat, you feel like 15 feet tall and you feel like you look incredible. And you do. You just have to find the right hat. Right. And that's when people should come and see you. So you, so you can tell them what, what it is. And what, sort of, what are the different materials that you use? I mean, that, what is that, for example, the lovely, the beautiful pink um, and white so one? So this is a headband and it's made of... Um, actually, this one's made of a paper straw. Um, and then it's got hand-dyed petals on it so yeah and but what actually what's the material this is actually cotton it's cotton oh, organdy really? it doesn't look like it it's no. just you have to find the right material for the job right i see fantastic so, yeah and so when how did you actually start off your business then because there you were you're starting off with a completely uh, new business um with no clients so how did mm. you go about that i took a lot of risks <laughs> Basically, sort of just jumped into it. I was 25 with the confidence of a 25-year-old, and I just did it. I have a lot of friends who work in the industry. They helped me. They guided me. They told me, oh, my God, do not do that again. That's rubbish. Or this is fabulous. Um, I started, I submitted some hats to a little vintage store in East London. They just happened to have a PR company attached to them who got me on this morning. Oh, wow. Within the first year of my business, I was like, oh, this is cool. And it's basically trial and error. I fall on my face, I pick myself up, 
I do it again. So let's get back to this morning. <laughs> so did you do a hat for, for Holly then? Um, this was, I think it was hats to wear to weddings. And oh, they I did see. a little fashion show. Oh, brilliant. Um, but yeah, that it was one of those things I was just experimenting and it took off. I don't think I was fully expecting it to. And I haven't really looked back. Like, I have a lovely, lovely cohort of clients who come back or they recommend their friends to me. My business is pretty much word of mouth. Um, I now have a lovely team of people around me who help lift me up when I need that. Need a Um, bit of help. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, I love it. And which hat are you particularly proud of? Oh, I don't know. Is there a particular one? People that always say, out? "Oh, if you got a favourite." No, I don't think so. I have ones that I hate, but I don't know if I have a favourite. This one in front of me, I have made in every single different colour. It's really popular um, because headbands are really in. Um, but I made some for Ascot, just, which has just happened. Yes, um, I was going to ask you about Ascot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've loved some of the ones I've created for that. I probably my favourite hat was an upside-down umbrella, and I made six of them for a band that sings at Royal Ascot every year. Sounds and amazing. Gets your attention, doesn't it? It certainly does. That's kind does. of the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have to do very flamboyant-type hats for, at Royal Ascot? Yes, always. That's yeah. usually the brief. I yes. want to stand out and make a statement. So what sort of hats did you do? This year, I, well, one lady came in and she said, um, I would like a brim that is 75 centimetres wide, which actually is huge so I made it and we realized she couldn't fit in a car so oh, no. we went smaller we went to like 60 centimeters which is still wider than your shoulders but she looked fabulous Fantastic. she was very tall she could pull it off yeah, I bet she was very pleased with that oh yes yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so if somebody comes to see you to get a hat a bespoke hat mm-hmm. what, what is talk me through the process you you take a, you measure their head you discuss ideas with them yeah so most of the time, so I do a lot of bespoke, people will come with an event and an outfit and will try on loads of hats because it is about trying on loads of different shapes, seeing what suits you, and then we'll design around your outfit. Some people come with really fixed ideas and some people are like, oh, I don't really mind, you just you can put anything on me, it's fine. The most common thing that people will say when they come to the studio is, I'm not a hat person hats don't suit me really i just see it as a challenge because you just haven't found the right hat yes so there's a hat for everyone somewhere of course there is you just have to find the right one yes yes just keep searching so then so okay you've discussed the idea with them and you've got you've you've got the design and what Mm -hmm. is how long does that take depends on the time of year Uh um obviously there is a busy season but it's probably four to six weeks from Mm -hmm. first appointment to leaving with the hat Right. The closer we get to Ascot, the longer that gets, obviously, because sure. it's just me and Lily, my lead assistant. Yeah. So. If, if it's a wedding, though, they need to give you as much time as possible. Yes. Presumably. Yeah. I mean, I think three months is a good window, just because people change their mind or it doesn't end up how they imagined it. So we tweak it and we change it. Um, it's usually three appointments. You come for the first design ideas, you come for a fitting, and then the third one, you should leave with the hat, hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't need any changes. Wonderful, wonderful. And what are the prices, or is, is it very difficult to say because they're all bespoke? It changes, and it really depends on the person. Sure. Um, some people come with quite a strict budget, and that's fine. You can work within it. Um, it is a handmade product, so it, it, is, it, it does end up being a bit pricey, but it starts at around 150 and it mm-hmm. kind of goes up 
from there. Depends yeah. on what it is. Of course, of course. And have you ever made a hat for anybody famous that you might be able to share with us? Uh, yeah, I have made a few hats for some famous people now, which is exciting. Um, I think I've dressed quite a lot of sports presenters um, and a few royals as well, which is quite cool. All right, yeah. okay. And who, what do you think of the royals' hats at the moment? I mean, I um, think they're beautiful. They, Kate, for example. Yes, she, she's got such a beautiful style. So, yeah. And the royal family in this country basically keeps milliners in business because everyone looks at them as an example. And they're doing it very well at the moment. But you were saying earlier that sometimes a wide brim can be a mistake. Yeah, it depends on the event. Uh, so if you're mother of the bride, big hats. I mean, they suit. You should never wear a hat wider than your shoulders. So that's your width uh, restriction right there. Um, but a big hat will create a bit of a barrier. So if you want to hug all your guests, they're going to knock your hat straight off your head. But if you want to create a bit of a barrier between you and your family, some people do, then maybe wear a big hat. It's totally up to you. Also, the mother of the bride has quite a lot of power because uh, everyone has to keep their hat on for as long as she does. It's one of those like old-fashioned rules, which I love. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful, isn't it? Yes. So moving on then from the bespoke business, because you also offer a hat hire business yes. as well. So can you tell us a bit about that? So this is quite new... I always did it. It was always in the background, but this is something I really focused on and I'm really building on. Um, I now, I have a studio literally full of hats. I, I feel like one day the hat boxes are going to eat me. Um, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but Hat Hire has become a more sustainable way of, of buying. Like Hire in, te- in general is a much more sustainable way of buying. It's also slightly more affordable with you know the cost of living crisis and everything going on. This ascot most people hired rather than bought, which I don't know. I don't know if it's because I've broadened my range or if more people wish to hire. It just it's become quite trendy. Yes, and how long could do they normally hire it for? A couple of days or something? Yeah, or? like a long weekend, yeah, Friday yeah. to Monday. Okay. Um, or, you know, you can do it up for a few weeks even, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. depending. And, on. and what sort of styles are the most popular for the people that hire the hats? Slightly smaller, um, so slightly more wearable styles, like a little pillbox or a beret or something. But for Ascot, it was the big ones because you don't necessarily have space to keep a huge hat in your house. So they would come and just hire one for a few days for Royal Ascot. And they want to stand out, so they choose a big one. Of course. <laughs> but of course. And also, you offer workshops and private parties. How yes. does that work? Uh, so I teach. Everyone, oh, okay. everyone teaches. Uh, I started doing hat-making parties because my friend asked me to do it for her birthday. And I thought, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> and then I did it. And I was like, this is actually really fun. So I've ended up doing it for, like, Hindus and birthday parties and corporate Christmas parties and everything. So I used to just do like a little two-hour workshop where you sort of make a little fascinator and you come away with the thing that you've made. Yes. And now I do one-to-one classes where you come and make a hat from scratch. Um, I've got one this week and she's doing a big hat, so we're doing two days of hat making in the studio. Well, fantastic. And then the private parties, that's for like hen nights. They, they, can yes. get, they get to make hats. Yeah. What a wonderful idea. Yes. So what do you think is the most rewarding part of your work? It's the getting the photos at the end and getting the feedback of 
I wasn't sure about wearing a hat or I wasn't very confident and now look at me. And I really love that. I had one client, she had three children getting married and the first hat was, was quite small and quite safe and she was like, I'm not sure about this. And then afterwards she was like, oh my God, I loved it. And then the next hat got bigger and then the third hat was like a proper statement because she felt wonderful and that's so nice to give someone that confidence and do you have any uh, finally do you have any tips for our get for our listeners on how to wear a hat properly you just have to find a hat that you feel comfortable in because that's the most important bit um and if in doubt wear it properly there's it sounds really silly the label always marks the back of the hat and if you're in any doubt just contact the milliner or the company who made it and they'll tell you how to wear it and we're always happy to help because we want you to look the best thank you very much well thank you so much b for coming in and telling us about that absolutely fascinating (laughs) and would you like to give us your website details so people can get more information yeah sure so my website is b-smith.co.uk and it's b double e and you can also follow me on instagram which is b smith hats thank you very much b thank you i'd like to thank all our guests today on joss women Zoe Ross from the Claygate Clinic, Wendy Yates from Cololo Clothing, and B. Smith from B. Smith Millinery. And thank you to my producer, Dave Gemitus. We're always keen to hear about local women with interesting lives, so if you know of someone you, should, you think should be on our show, please email justwomenshow at brooklandsradio.co.uk with their contact details, and we'll get in touch with them, and hopefully get them on a future show. Details of past and future guests are on our website, brooklandsradio.co.uk, and you can find us on Facebook too at forward slash JustWomenBR. Do follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brooklands Radio. You can also listen to the programme again on Thursday evening, 8 o'clock, and then on our website. Don't forget to download the Brooklands Radio app on your phone, and you can listen to us at any time. So it's goodbye from me, Jackie Mitchell. This is Just Women, every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on Brooklands Radio.